Welcome to Impacts Without Borders. My name is Nicole Beverlin and I will be your host. I am a senior at Brigham Young University, Idaho, majoring in International Studies, and this podcast serves as my senior capstone project. The purpose of my podcast is to demonstrate how foreign exchange students impact their host community, their home community, and how the experience impacts the student. As well as teaching others about how foreign exchange students impact the world, I also hope to teach my listeners about other cultures. Throughout the next several episodes of Impacts Without Borders, I will be interviewing previous foreign exchange students, host families, as well as the International Cultural Exchange Services Regional Director from Nampa, Idaho. Before I introduce today's guest, I would like to first explain why I chose to do a podcast on this particular subject. As a student in high school, I met and befriended several of the exchange students in my area. This got me involved in the local foreign exchange program, Academic Year in the USA, or also called IUSA, and I became the student ambassador. As such, I had the opportunity to welcome many foreign exchange students into their new community and help the students adjust more easily to their new environment. I became close friends with several of the students. I was particularly good friends with a couple of girls from Germany and a deaf boy from Malaysia. Looking back, I've realized how much my foreign exchange friends impacted my life and my future decisions. Because of my friendship with the boy from Malaysia, I went on to study sign language, and while I am not fluent, I hope to get there someday. My friends also taught me what it was like outside of the United States, and I learned about new cultures, practices, and beliefs, which has changed my perspective of the world around me. Because of my friendships with the exchange students, I realized my deep interest in learning about other cultures which is the reason I chose to earn my bachelor's degree in international studies. Now I would like to introduce you to our guest today. Her name is Ayunga, but she also goes by Dunga. Dunga is a 17-year-old from Mongolia. She completed her study abroad in Nampa, Idaho last year. She is currently impacting her community by hosting a club, where she inspires and teaches others about life in the United States and how to speak English like an American. After she finishes school, Dunga is aspiring to become an international lawyer. She hopes to live and work in the United States before returning back to Mongolia, where she wants to make a difference in her country by making the legal system more fair. Now, without further ado, I will bring on our guest. Hi, Dunga. Can you introduce yourself? Hi, Uh, my name is Oyanga, and I was an exchange student in America, Uh, but I go by Dunga, so you can just call me Dunga. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your exchange experience? Yeah, sure. Um, I was hosted in Nampa City, Idaho in America, and I am from Mongolia myself. And I was hosted by those um, family who are retired, very, very sweet ones. And I was going to Nampa High School. And yes, I I think like despite the coronavirus situation, I had an awesome year because it was uh, 2019 to 2020. So yeah, it was an awesome year and I had great school, like the great church and made a lot of friends. And yeah, it was super cool, like generally. That's awesome. Do you feel as if you grew as a person during your experience abroad? Yes, I definitely feel like I grew as a person like a lot. And I think I became more confident and independent because Okay, in America, it's super different because in Mongolia, like in, I, I would say generally in Asian culture, we are not that independent, like to be honest, because 
Uh, we depend on our parents a lot. And sometimes even we are, you know, 20, 25, we still live with parents or something like that. So we depend on parents pretty much. But in America, I was far from my family for the first time, like another side of the world, you know. So I had to make decisions on my own. I have to just be on my own for the first time. So for sure, I had so many difficult times with that. But as a result of that, I grew as a person a lot. And I became more confident, I'd say, because I think like when you're an exchange student, people respect you so much. I don't know why, but it's funny. Like even I came back to my home country, everyone see you as a different person and they respect you so much. And following that, you just, you know, feel so much more confident. And I'd say when you go abroad and you try a lot of new things, so you open yourself and sometimes you'd be like, hey, I can do that. I did not know that I can do it, you know, actually. So, I mean, I had sports that I just tried for the first time and I did it great. Or I had so many things that I just expressed for the first time that I did not know that I actually can do that, you know. So it's like you open yourself so you know that you are able to do many things. So it's kind of expressing yourself. That's awesome. That's great that you grew as a person during your experience. Why was it important to you to improve your English skills? Well, I mean, it's pretty important everywhere, you know. I mean, first of all, I learned English because I really wanted to because they teach English in high school from the fifth grade, I'd say. And I was just, I don't know why, I was just so passionate about it. And I just really, really wanted to learn it. And even my teacher did not, you know, like tell me to do things. I used to do extra things. I used to watch a lot of things in English. Even sometimes I don't understand that, you know, I'd be just like, imagining myself speaking English and I thought it's so cool and so I tried so hard and when I was in seventh grade I think I started like participating in Olympiads and stuff so I was participating like the for the seventh grade you don't have like the Olympiads so I had to participate for the eighth grade one and I got the golden medal got the first place and I was so shocked and my teacher is hey you're pretty good at it you have to do it every year And then I prepared for the Olympiad every year and it got better and better. And it's really important here because it helps you to get into a good college for sure. And even like, you know, you become an adult and you get a job. English is really, really important for you in Mongolia, I'd say. So like it helps you get a job and stuff if you know English? Yes, it helps you get a job. And when you get a job, like when you know English, you get even more salaries and you get you make more money and people respect you more and it's easier for you to get a job. Because actually in Mongolia, I'd say it's not that easy to get a job just because um, I would not say there are like enough places that you could work. So in America, it's super different. It's so cool, I saw, because it does not matter like where you studied or what you did, you can just go work in a fast food restaurant if you want, you know, even when you are like 14 and 15, that's crazy here. <laughs> They're never going to let you do that here. And in Mongolia, I think they do that so high standard thing when you get into a job because they ha- they'll be like, even when you just work in a fast food restaurant, okay, like drive through or something, they'll ask you like what college you went to, do you know English, do you know this language? It will make it so much easier for you to get into a job knowing English. And for sure, like, you know, now these things are getting like, so these social media things, you know, like most of the contents are in English. So you got to know it. 
And I mean, like when you are born in America, you know English, right? So like even you travel the world, most of the world, like rest of the world knows it. Like at least like, you know, in five people, at least one can speak English, I'd say. So it's so much easy. But like when you live here, you go to some country, you are traveling. And if you speak Mongolian, no one's going to understand you. So it's kind of you have to. So are most Mongolians pretty fluent in English then? I would not say like everyone is super good or something like that, but it's increasing, I'd say. People are becoming more passionate about learning English. They are, yeah, the numbers of people who are like trying to learn English, it's increasing. And especially the young people, starting when they are just, you know, five, six years old, they start learning English, which is, which is pretty cool, I'd say. So I was really impressed by your speaking club. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. Um, so after I came back from America, like there's this American corner in my city. Like there are four or five American corners in Mongolia, I think. And they do things like, you know, related to America to let people know about American culture, to help them learn English and stuff. And so this lady from American Corner contacted me and she's like, hey, I heard you just came from came from America and I heard you are an alumni of Flex program and stuff. So let's do something cool together. And I'm like, okay, let's think. And I thought maybe I really want to share those cultures with my teens and I really want to help them learn English but I think when people learn English here they do the grammar as I said they participate in Olympiads and competitions so when they write they can write when they write an essay or when they do the grammar test they can do it pretty well but when someone foreigners come and you know ask them to speak English or something it's pretty hard for them so I think like for the most of kids the struggle is speaking so I thought maybe I would create a speaking club English speaking club which will help them to learn to, you know, like speak better in English and and learn the culture as well. What are some of the topics that you teach during your club? So we do that like presentation type of things. And I'll be talking about for sure, like, for example, there are like, I talk about food, American food and culture shock or like high school or American clothing or lifestyle and like a lot of things. And I'd be like, you know, on the presentation, put the topic and we will learn about that culture. And while we are learning the culture, we learn the new words and stuff. So it's like doing the both at the same time. Are you still able to do it with the COVID going on? Do you do it remotely? Right now, I'm not really able to do it because in person, you know, because just I think two or three months ago, we got like the first case inside and stuff. So everyone was so freaked out and they shut everything down and we are not even going to school. And but I'm doing some online things, but actually, honestly, I'm not doing it like every week. It's like every other week I'm doing this online club. The kids come through Zoom and we do that just like our club, but it's just online. Also, I'm doing these videos talking about like the good tips to learn English or why learning English is important or American culture or how to concentrate on your studies well and things like that. I'm doing these videos like 10 to 15 minutes talking about the useful things that our teens could use. Do you talk about some of the slang that's used in America? (laughs) Yes, I do. Even like actually uh, there was uh, one of the topics in my English club when we were doing that in person. Yeah, kids are so happy to learn that. I don't know why they're like, yes. And uh, for example, I do this club today and next week I will like take small uh, quiz thing, like 
you know, just to remember their last club's lesson. So everyone almost got a hundred on that. I mean, that I was surprised. Wait, so everyone takes quizzes? Yeah, I mean, like、uh, for example, today we are talking about the food. So next week we will do our club again, and I will、uh, prepare that small quiz, like asking the you know vocabularies related to food or. Asking the culture related to like American culture, like food culture and stuff, and you know that、um, Kahoot thing.、Uh, kids really like to play that, so we make it on the Kahoot. That is cool, and I bet like it inspires a lot of kids to learn yes, English better. Yes, it does, and they're like you know they get the first place, second place, third place, and every time I give them like little prize thing, you know, chocolate or some treats like that, and they're super happy about that. That's great, because I mean, you know, if they learn English better, then they can get better jobs in Mongolia. So I think that's really cool that you are teaching people that. Yeah, and it's like a hundred percent voluntary, so I'm really happy about it. Yeah, that's really great. I think that's really cool. So I know you want to be an international lawyer. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I told you that you know, like I grew as a person a lot while I was in America, and. It helped me to find my career that I want to follow, you know. Because while I was in America, I used to do this volunteer works at the church, and there was this lady who's really sweet, and she really likes to talk to me about like different cultures, different countries, and stuff. We talked about her career, and she her major was like international lawyer, and she talked about her job, how she works, and stuff. I really, really loved that. I'm like, okay, I I'm gonna be like that person. I really want to be like her. Then I decided to do this job, and actually, I really, I'm really passionate and interested about the laws, and I like to travel around the world. I like to know international things, so I thought that'd be the perfect job. And actually, there are like even in my, it, I think it's like everywhere, even in my country, there are like so many laws that I personally don't like, or I wanna like change a bit, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this job, and I'm gonna, you know, at least help a little bit to make those laws correct. Like make small changes in that at least. And you met the lady at church. Yeah. While you were in the United States. Yeah. Church people are super cool in America. I mean, like every time I get there, they're so sweet. I like when I get there, I give them hug, and when I leave, everyone gives me hug. It's just like so warm and so cool. I love the church there. I mean, I'm not、That's、like、awesome. even Christian myself, but I love the. Thoughts of them, like that religion, like I loved how they live, how you know, like what they believe in. I loved everything about church. All right, so going back to the international lawyer. So, do you want to study in the United States or Mongolia? Oh, yeah, about that. I really, really want to study abroad, and especially for sure, like on my list, number one is United States. But like in this, now I'm a senior here. I had to repeat my senior year here. So in this, like you know, COVID situation and stuff. I don't think I'm gonna be like able to go this year and stuff study there. And I was pretty late for like applying and stuff when I come back. But I am definitely planning to study in America at least like you know my master. I would study there, or if I can't, I wanna study in Germany or Japan. I think. So all over. <laughs> yeah, all over. I mean, like the number one is the states though. So then, do you want to live in the United States and practice law in the United States for a while? Yes, I'd love that. After I graduate, I want to live there like for a while. It's not like I want to live there forever, you know. Of course, I want to come back to my home country and stuff, but I want to live there for a while and you know, experience the、um, this international law like in the international place, you know. So yeah, I want to live there like maybe like five to ten years and then come back and make some changes here. 
make some changes in Mongolia. Yes. And so you have some volunteer experience in the U.S. and in Mongolia. Is that right? Yeah, I do. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, actually, when you are an exchange student, you do like so much. I mean, you have to do like fifty hours of volunteer works, I think. But I did about like two hundred fifty-five, sixty-five hours of volunteer work, which was pretty cool. And I loved doing it. Okay, because like, of course, you know, when you get to the new place, it's pretty hard to make friends. Sometimes it will take time. You know, you are meeting new people every day. So while I I'm doing that volunteering work. Uh, works. I made so many friends and so many like lifelong relationships. Like you know, the people I used to do volunteer at the church, volunteer at the school, and my community. Like for my neighbors, I used to rake their leaves. You know, when it fall and the leaves falls down, and uh, I used to help them to rake it. And that volunteer works really helped me to get to know America more, get to know their culture more. Because, you know, like I was in my host family, I'm there. But like knowing these other families and, you know, helping them and getting to know them is like knowing different like families there, like knowing the culture more, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things you did to volunteer at the church and the school? For example, there is this church that do the dinner service every Wednesday, and I used to go there and help them to prepare the dinner. But I was not really experienced person, so mostly I just wash the dishes and help to clean them. And yeah, I used to go there every Wednesday. Or at school, I used to do. I was that in a club called Foreign Language Society, and that's a pretty cool club. Like a lot of international kids are there, so we used to do so many volunteer works together. Like. For example, working in elementary school, like helping kids to do this. They do like this the party thing for elementary school. I don't know how that's called. And you know, kids come and they play games and stuff, like so big one. And we used to help there, or as I said, rake leaves or clean homes sometimes. That's awesome. So it's required then to do some volunteer hours for the、um, for the flex program. Yeah, I mean, Flex program is like the American government program, like the scholarship thing. So it's、uh, required like fifty hours of volunteer works that you have to do.、Uh, but like basically, you know, when you're an exchange student, you can be in scholarship or non-scholarship kid. So when you are non-scholarship, I think you do around like thirty hours or something. And when you're a scholarship kid, you have to do like fifty hours of volunteer works. Do you have any、um, volunteer experience in Mongolia besides your speaking club? Um, yes, I do. I mean, I'm doing a lot of activities as much as I can do since I came here. I'm doing these、um, hourly lecture things to my teens or elementary kids. And my the the club I made the called Space. It's supposed to like do volunteer works together and stuff. But like、uh, as soon as we kind of opened our club, it got this、uh, quarantine thing. So we have not done anything really so far. But we are planning to do a lot of things. And so I help my neighbors a lot. I think there are a lot of old people like in my neighborhood. So I help them to clean home, or I help them to you know carry things. Like in here, some people are living in a yurt, so they have to like for example carry water from far with this like box thing. So help to that or something like that. You know, help them to get their groceries. That's awesome. That's really cool. Cause like I feel like a lot of people, young people especially, don't get out and do a lot of volunteer experience. Yeah, I'd say like they don't really do it. Cause they, I mean, I think like once if they do it just once or something, once or twice, they are gonna do it more and more. Cause they are gonna know how cool it is, you know, how 
does it make you feel and it makes you feel like an awesome person I mean um so I'm really interested in learning about Mongolian culture can you tell me a little bit about your culture yeah so Mongolian it's you know it's pretty okay our land is pretty big but we have just over three million population here so kind of small country I'd say developing and Mongolian culture is pretty different to compare a lot of countries. People are pretty cool here, I'd say. They're super friendly, really happy people, I'd say. And they're so, like, less stressed to compare other countries, I'd say. Everyone is super calm and peaceful here. And and the really cool thing in, uh, about Mongolia that I like is here are this nomadic life and modern life together. So it's like you can see people riding horses, living in a yurt, like herding animals. But at the same time, you can see these big cities with tall buildings, like, you know, this modern life. So they go together and we are not losing any of them. So it's pretty cool. It's different. And our religion is, I think most of the people are Buddhist and there are Christians as well, too. And we have a lot of uh, superstition things that people find very interesting. Okay, tell us about the superstitions. Okay, so I don't know why, but like when I sometimes talk about it to my friends or family in America. They used to laugh a lot. They found it super interesting. So, uh, for example, like, uh, when you, you know, like, step on someone's feet, someone's toe or something, you have to shake their hand. Like, it does not matter if it's stranger or your family member. So even you're, like, walking in the street, you will step on someone's toe and you have to shake their hand and they will be just, like, shaking your hand, you know? So the culture difference, it really hit me. Like, when I was in America at school, uh, I step on someone's toe or they step on my toe and I'm like shaking their head. They're like super surprised. They're like, hey, what are you doing? And stuff like that. It used to be funny that way. And I would say when you cut your hair, okay, like when you go to the hairdresser, you uh, first of all, you can't cut your hair. You can't touch your hair yourself with scissors, which is pretty weird. I don't know why. And you have to look at that calendar thing to look the good day to cut your hair. I don't know, like, old people have that calendar, okay? I don't really understand that, but old people see that. And I'll be, like, asking my grandpa to see, Grandpa, can you see if today is a good day to cut my hair? And he'll be like, mm, maybe today if you cut your hair, it says you're going to be poor. Tomorrow if you cut your hair, it's go- it says you're going to be, like, you know, unhealthy and stuff. So sometimes I'm, like, planning to cut my hair today, but because of that calendar, I'll be cutting it, like, after two weeks or something like that. And... Also, um, you don't wear shoes in the house, which is pretty... Makes sense, I think. But like when I was in America, it was my first culture shock, I'd say. I went into my house family's house and they're like walking on in their shoes, like to their home, on their carpet. I'm like, no, please stop that. They're like, hey, what happened? I'm like, why you are not taking off your shoes? It was like so big shock for me. Especially like I think most of the Asian countries, you really just, you have to take your shoes off. But in America, they don't do that. <laughs> Um, really? And, yeah, they even sometimes like I've seen people like you know uh, on their bed with their shoes. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? It's like it is like so hard for me because I can't change that, but it still feels weird, you know. Also, for example, you don't sing in your bed. Like when you're laying in your bed, you don't sing because they say your mom's gonna die soon if you sing in your bed. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is a little creepy, but. Um, and you don't whistle in the house. They say if you whistle in the house, it's going to be big storm outside soon. So you don't whistle in the house. And the hair comb, you don't throw hair comb. Because if you throw it, your mom's going to die soon again. Um, wow. Yeah, it's it's like kind of intense, I would say. And you don't like, you know, uh, wear 
two hats together. Like, for example, if you just put one ha hat on your head and put another one on it, just, you know, accidentally or something anyway, they say, no, you can't do that. Because if you put two hats on your head, you're going to marry two people in the future, like at the same time. So they uh, say that. And when you leave the house, like, for example, let's say you're going on a trip or something, you have to put knife on your bed. It says it's protecting from some bad things. Is it mostly the older people in Mongolia that kind of believe in these superstitions or do younger people? Um, I'd say it's like uh, mostly older people, yeah. Like young people really don't care about it like a lot. For example, like when I'm with my grandparents, I won't do that. But when I am far, maybe I might do that, you know. So it's like, yeah, I don't want like, uh, them to tell me, hey, stop that and stuff like that. And especially in Mongolia, like you respect all people like so much. So like I don't want to do anything wrong when I'm with them, you know. And I'd say, like, it's not like... <laughs> I mean, I kind of figured that now when I grew up. When I was small, I'm like, oh, my mom's gonna die soon. I really used to believe in that because that's what I heard growing up. But now I kind of figured that maybe they just tell us that because they don't just don't want us to do that. So, yeah. So maybe they made up some story or something. I don't know. That's really interesting. I've never heard of that before. So were you shocked by anything when you came to America? Did anything really surprise you? Well, there were a lot. Like, culture shock, it's it's the first thing you experience as an exchange student. Like, from the moment you get off your plane, it's, like, so much culture shock. Like, everything is new, you know? Everything is different. Especially, like, when you come from Asia to America. It's, like, another side of the world, as I said. So it's everything is different. There's, like, nothing same, I'd say. And... And so there are a lot of things um, that I liked and did not really like a little bit. Um, for example, my school. At school, I think I see a lot of cultures, you know, like I'm spending most of the time there. So I see a lot of culture and surprises there. And the way kids uh, like dress up, it's like super cool, I'd say, like the, the way kids wear clothes. Like I seen a lot of kids wearing pajamas at school or they are at school like with their blanket over. That's like crazy. If I do that here, I'm going to be called crazy person. And I'll, first I was like so shocked. I'm like, why are they doing that? And you know, here, you, when you go to school, we wear uniforms though. But like when you don't wear uniforms, at least you have to like, you know, look kind of good. So I was kind of like dressing up as they say. And everyone used to be like, hey, why are you so dressed up every day? I'm like, no, I'm just wearing normal clothes. I'm like just wearing jeans. Okay. And they're like, you're dressed up. I'm like, what? So the way they uh, dress up is super different, I'd say. And they wear these, you know, short shorts and these just tops and stuff like that at school. And the teachers are cool with it. And I'd say it's super cool, you know, everyone's free and they don't have to worry about how they look. They just woke up, like, woke up and come to the school with their blanket tower, which is with their morning hair, which is kind of cool, I'd say. Um, and... The, I was saying the slang words, told, like last time I told you, like they use so many slang words. When I went to America first, I had some problems with my English, like definitely. I could not understand people that well because everyone's speaking so fast, okay, like so fast. I could not understand words like first day of my school. I was just smiling at everyone and yeah. So I had problem with my English and people even had the problem understanding me too because of my accent and my English was not that well. I mean, even now I have some problems, you know. So they used to be like, sometimes I'd be asking questions from people and they will just like 
smiling at me and like nodding their head i'm like what i'm asking a question like they're super sweet though like they're trying to be nice you know so yeah that kind of stuff used to be happen used to happen a lot and also i'd say another culture shock thing about america oh and i think i definitely have to talk about food like food this the sizes are so big i mean like when they get the burger or pizza it's it's like huge okay i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna feel like huge when i leave i mean no offense but everything was so big i'm like yeah what's up it's like just breakfast okay breakfast or lunch and it's like so big burgers so big pizzas and and these are pizzas and burgers you know for sure they're not that healthy food but the end they are big so i'm like oh my gosh what's gonna happen it was pretty big culture shock and and it's all dry throughs like I, when we go to restaurant, okay, in Mongolia, I don't think we have that many drive throughs like one or two, and that's it. Like, we have KFC, and uh, KFC, and Pizza Hut, and stuff, so th- those will be, like, drive through thing, you know, these are, like, American things. But, like, for the other, like, Mongolian restaurant, you never drive through actually, but here, you, like, there, you know, in America, everything was drive drive through like, you just go and pick it up, I'm like, wow, that's super cool. It's like everything is, I would say, super easy. You know, for sure, like it's so developed country. Maybe that's why everything was super easy. And like the America I was expecting, it was so different when I get there. Like, you know, the America you see on the movies, it's just different. On the movies, there are just all these tall buildings, busy people, car honking, like there's so many cars and stuff. But when I, I was kind of in a small town, you know, in, I was in Napa. So... I saw those trees. I'm like surprised to see them. Okay, I'm like, oh, there are trees. Like I, saw, I thought it'd be like all these tall buildings and stuff. But I saw these small, small houses. I'm like, wow, what's happening? Where am I? You know, I was super shocked to see them. But I kind of like thought it was cool because I think everyone thinks like America is like you know these all tall buildings and stuff. But everyone had trees in their yard. Everyone had this green yards you know like all the green grasses and stuff so it's like all naturally and stuff you know so i love that everyone was planting something in their tree like yards everyone planting like flowers or even some people were planting vegetables in their yard so yeah i i thought it was pretty cool and i think it's some wrong um the superstition thing that the rest of the world think america is but it's not i mean for sure there are like big cities you know new york california but i thought everything will be like that but it was not so is 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 Mongolia a pretty do they have pretty big cities there? Well, there are it depends where you are, you know. I mean, I, yeah, there are big cities but not too many. I'd say like five or six big cities and that's kind of it. Um the Ulaanbaatar, UB, it's the capital city, it's pretty big. And the crazy fact is that um we have I told you that we have over 3 million population, but like 1 million and 600 or something like almost more than half of the population lives in the capital city so it's pretty like you know packed there and rest of the country is so free you won't see sometimes you won't even see a person in the city last question how are the schools and the classes different in mongolia um it's really different i'd say um you in America, you know, it's super cool that you get to choose your classes and you get to wear whatever you want and stuff like that. You get to eat in the classes. That is super cool. But here, 
you don't do that, um, you have to wear like uniforms and you have to be kind of like a good, good, good person here, you know, like this humble person, right? So I don't know how to call it anyway. It's like pretty strict, I'd say. And um, we don't get to choose our classes. Uh, we have to have like, I think, 17 or 18 classes. Like you have to have that. And we have this like, you get into high school. I mean, you get into school, it's like first grade, you know, and from first grade until the 12th grade, you have just the same classmates and you will graduate with them, which is pretty cool. So they are like your second family, you know. And uh, for the classes, we don't have that fun classes that I used to have in America, I'd say. Like it's all like, you know, math, physics and this chemistry, biology and stuff like that. And you have to have that. They don't care if you're going to be a doctor or engineer. Just you have to have that. And yeah, but in American high school, I'd say it's super, super cool because you get to choose your classes depending on what you're going to be, what you want to do, what you want to learn, you know. And there's, there are so many like fun classes too, I'd say. Like, for example, like the, my favorite class, it was um, called History Through Hollywood. So you sit in that class and you watch movie all class. But it's like not just watching movies, you know, you are watching movies and learning about the history because all are like historic movies. And I realized that in America, they do a lot of sports and sports are really important there, which is really cool because, you know, I, I think like they are teaching you how to work as a teamwork, how to communicate with people, how to make friends easily, how to express yourself, how to, you know, open up yourself and stuff. But like in Mongolia, okay, you are learning math, you are learning biology, you are learning all these hard things and you can get maybe a hundred on your test. But when it comes to maybe communicating with someone, you can't do that or maybe you will have some problem with that. Or when it comes to like team working or when it comes to um, opening of yourself and just speaking up like in front of people, maybe you would have problem with that. But I think in America, they teach you how to do that. It's like, I think in America, they teach you more like life experience thing, I'd say, like in a fun way. But in Mongolia, I think they teach you more like, you know, all this science and stuff, which is pretty good, actually, but not really in a fun way, I think, to compare America. So do you feel like you're using the skills that you picked up in the U.S. in your daily life in Mongolia? Yeah, I think I am definitely doing that because, as I said, I'm more confident and I think I open up like I'm more open now, so I talk to people so uh, freely. And even in my home, I think like since I came, we made a lot of changes here, I'd say. Like the way we communicate with each other, like the way we talk, way we communicate with others. Like I think we are changing a lot because of me, which is pretty cool. I mean, I'm not doing any bad thing, though. <laughs> we are changing as a good, you know. So yeah. And uh, so I'm like trying as much as I can do to share those cultures there because in America, you know, I mean, for sure, I made a lot of American friends. And but besides that, I made a lot of international friends because exchange students, there are a lot of exchange students. They, you know, get to know each other super easily. They became friends super easily because they understand each other and stuff, you know. So um, I, you know, met so many uh, kids from different countries like Italy, Germany, French, Korea, Ukraine and stuff like that. So during the whole year, I'd say I learned a lot of culture from them. So, yeah, and I'm trying to like teach that or like, you know, at least share some of that with my teens here as much as I can do. And the you were asking the surprise in America, like in the movies in America, okay, like 
of course, like everyone, imagine MRK as movies. On movies, American people are not that nice. They're, you know, swearing and just, you know, being rude on movies, like mostly as we see. But actually, people in America, they're super cool. Like everyone, I even, I mean, or maybe it's just me or I have like during the whole year, I have never met anyone who is super rude to me or um, who is like, you know, had bad intentions or who is like a bad person, I thought. Like there was no one like that. Everyone is super friendly, super cool. They're trying to help me as much as they want, like they can. And yeah, they're trying to like, you know, show me around. They're asking a lot of questions, super curious about me, my culture and stuff. They're uh, trying to like let me understand their culture too and trying to help me too. And yeah, and one of those people are, of course, my host family too. They're like, I was telling you that I had so many struggles with my English and they helped me. My host mom, she used to help my English a lot. And actually, first I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally annoying. And at the end, I'm like so glad that she did because that helped me a lot. So yeah, American people are awesome, I'd say. That's really cool. That's really interesting. That was great. Thank you. Um, before we end this episode of Impacts Without Borders, I want to first thank Dunga for agreeing to do this podcast with me and thank her for all of her responses. And I think my listeners will agree with me, Dunga, when I say that you are making a huge impact on the members of your community. And I believe that you can and will continue to impact your community and your country. I want to thank my listeners and I hope that this podcast will serve as an inspiration to you whether you decide to study abroad, host an exchange student, or just take the time to learn about other cultures. And with that, thank you for joining us for the first episode of Impacts Without Borders.